a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry. You heard me before the break ask the question, if your child were to approach you and say, hey, you know, Ma, I'd like to, or Dad, or whoever's raising you, hey, uh, I would like to pursue a career in politics. I, I want to run for office. How would you react? What would your reaction be? Would you say, well, yes, that that's wonderful. That's wonderful, child. I think that's a great thing. I admire you for that. Or would you say, oh, yeah, you know, that's a, that's a nasty environment. Maybe, uh, maybe you become a doctor or something. Uh, how about that, a lawyer? Some kind of big money job, right? Something noble where you are fighting for the, uh, the little guy and saving lives. Uh, do that. Would that be your action? Think about that for a second. I want to return to it. But before we get there, I do have to share with you some, some coronavirus uh, updates. We just uh, moments ago uh, got our hands on, and I've got it right here, uh, an update from the Utah Department of Health. You, you, these updates, they come every day, uh, and they have become you know, just routine. Uh, but today, uh, there's been a little bit of a shift. You know, last week as we were receiving the updates, the numbers were, the numbers were, were, were increasing, right? And each day, state epidemiologist Dr. Angela Dunn, she includes a little commentary on that day's numbers. Last week, uh, she was careful to point out that uh, one in two days do not a trend make, right, as we were starting to see some of those higher numbers. Uh, Well, today, a little bit different. The increase in positive cases from yesterday is 563. Our rolling seven-day average for positive tests right now? is 487. You remember the governor, uh, he some time ago laid down a challenge that we get that seven-day rolling average under 400 by September 1st. Well, we hit that mark and then almost immediately started climbing up again. Uh, But as Dr. Dunn said last week, you know, one, two days uh, does not a trend make. Well, let me read to you uh, a statement regarding today's case count. This comes directly from Dr. Angela Dunn. Quote, we are experiencing a clear upward trend in case counts right now. This trend is being driven in large part by an increase in cases among college-aged young adults in Utah County. Let me read that again. This trend is being driven in large part by an increase in cases among college-aged young adults in Utah County. Since last Friday, 39% of all new cases have come from Utah County. This, despite the fact that Utah, Utah County's population represents just 20% of the state's population. Most of these cases are among 14 to 24-year-olds, and the majority of those are among college-aged young adults. 
colleges across the state. And specifically, I'm, I'm continuing the statement here from uh, Dr. Dunn. This after we have learned of 563 new cases since yesterday, a seven-day rolling average of 487, a high concentration of those cases coming from Utah County, specifically among the college-aged population. All right. Dr. Dunn's statement continues. Colleges across the state, and specifically in Utah County, have acted proactively to implement solid prevention measures on their campuses. They need to help their students to act responsibly while off campus. What students do off campus has a direct impact on a school's ability to safely operate their campus. People should avoid large indoor gatherings where physical distancing is not possible. They should wear face coverings in public. They should stay home if they're sick. And they need to follow the quarantine and isolation instructions from public health. Listen, if you've got a college-age kid in your life uh, and they seem to be immune and invincible to everything, and for that belief they are out partying, if they're going to these young and dumb parties, uh, you got to advise them otherwise. All right? We're seeing here that, that, it, that it's real, all right? <laughs> there is an upward trajectory, all right? And it's going to have an impact on all the rest of us, and it's going to have an impact on the way the rest of us uh, go about our lives, okay? We can't afford to shut down again. We can't afford to go backwards in terms of uh, the economy and our ability to go to school, interact with one another. It's breaking our banks, it's breaking our minds, and it's breaking our hearts, all right? So if you've got a college-age kid in your life and they're acting a little silly, uh, straighten them out, will you? Straighten them out. All right, sorry, I didn't mean to spend so much time on that, but, uh, but I caught that note from Dr. Dunn, this uh, high concentration of cases coming uh, from the college communities uh, in Utah County. Uh, that, that's, a, that's a solvable problem, right? That is behavior uh, that can be corrected. There is some personal responsibility uh, that these young college kids need to take uh, because it's going to have a pretty dramatic impact on the rest of us if this uh, trend continues in its current uh, trajectory. What I want to talk to you about. All right, forget all that. Talk to your college kids. All right, moving on. You're a parent. You have a child. They're trying to decide what they're going to do with their life. They come to you and they say, "Uh, Mom, Dad, I want to pursue a career in politics. What's your response? Only one in ten parents say they would be happy if their child pursued politics, compared to three in ten back in 1995. That's uh, Erica Evans with uh, Deseret News. Uh, she, to me at least, shared there one of the most eye-popping findings of this survey. Nine in ten parents wouldn't want to see their child pursue a career in politics. That's a little heartbreaking. I've worked in Washington, D.C. I was there for a long time, almost five years. Uh, I quite literally roamed the halls of Congress every day. Uh, I interacted with those who uh, pursued and achieved elected office. And let me tell you, uh, they're an odd bunch. All right? They are an odd bunch. Some are great. Some are awful. Some are noble. Some are despised by all. But what I also saw is there uh, is a lot of hard work that does not make it uh, to the headlines. There is a lot of hard work undertaken by those members of Congress. You agree with them or disagree with them. uh, They are hard workers. And if your child demonstrates a desire to uh, go into a field like that, 
uh, I, I, I would be supportive. I've got this little baby, Piper. I talk about her all the time. You're probably sick of hearing about her. You probably want to say, uh, Lee, listen, you are probably the only one who thinks that little Piper is as cute and special as she is. And, of course, you're right, but guess what? She's mine, and I've got the radio show, so we're talking about Piper. If she came to me and said, uh, Lee, I'd like to be, uh, you know, once she learns how to speak and all, uh, Lee, I'd like to be a politician. I'd like to run for office. I would say, uh, that is wonderful. Why don't we... Why don't we ring up one of our local elected officials and talk about uh, what motivated them to get in? How did they have to structure their life? What did they have to learn? What did they have to do? What motivated them? It's a good thing. There's more I would like to say on this, but time is tight. Uh, And and next week we'll have more details on this. The American Family Survey, which is uh, commissioned by Brigham Young University, uh, and the Deseret News, it, it's a wonderful thing. The, the first glimpse of the results of that have been this uh, unsettling reality that 90% of parents don't want to see their children pursue careers uh, as politicians. Uh, that's too bad because our kids are the cross-section of this nation, and I believe that we ought to be represented by individuals who come from a cross-section. Okay, We should have people like you and me representing us, uh, not oddballs and strange ones. <laughs> All right? Uh, we should uh, see reflected in us, in our population, uh, the, that type of representation. And if so many, if 90% of Americans discourage their children from pursuing uh, these types of careers, uh, we may not see that in the future. Uh, more on that next week. going to take a break right now. And I want to talk to you uh, about transparency. All right? Transparency is good, right? And that's what we're supposed to believe? Is it always good? I've got an argument as to why maybe some things about politicians ought to be kept secret. That's next on Live Mike. I'm Lee Lonsberry, and this is KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America, but this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.